This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, uh, Justin. Yeah. How's, uh, how's life over there in the great land of where you live? Never been better. Never been better. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. you know, California right now and COVID and all that. It's, uh, we're, we're, we're living the dream. Well, at least we got our podcast. And I, I have to say, <laughs> uh, it keeps me sane being able to talk to all of our beautiful people out there. It keeps me social distanced. You know, <laughs> for cease, uh, as they say here. Well, you know, what's interesting is that uh, for those of you who don't know, we started the show as a goof, literally as a goof. We, we were just like, hey, you want to do a podcast? We're like, yeah, why not? Uh, and then people started listening to it, which was weird. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've still, I still, even though I've been doing this now for like, what, how long have we been doing this now? Two years? We're we, two years in June. So we're like, what is that? 26 months, 27 months. That's a long time. That's the world was a different place back then. And, uh, and we started one month after my son was born. So that's a good metric for me to know kind of where we're at. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I had a whole other wife and, uh, sure you, didn't. you know, yeah, different. I, I switched, I, I traded up wives even. So, uh, it's been, it's been a long, well, long that's, that's one of the benefits of being a celebrity podcaster. So that is correct. But I got to tell you, I, you know, despite the fact that I, I definitely, uh, have learned a lot, I feel like there's more to learn. So do you think that I, we can actually learn more about podcasting, like just the business in general, like maybe how to make money from this thing? Cause we don't, yeah, it wouldn't be bad to make some money from podcasting. Uh, do you know somebody that could help with that? I don't. Do you? <laughs> well, as it happens, I know a guy, and I think he's in like the top right or top left portion of my screen right now, that I think can really help us to uh, to leverage the power of podcasting and and actually you know monetize the thing. No way. Well, let's let's uh, let's hear what what that, that that this is brilliant. Let's uh, let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andro Sturgeon, and I'm Justin Womack, and we are the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Marketing Geeks, uh, Justin. Yeah. Tell us about our fabulous guest. Yes, uh, today we have a very exciting guest because uh, we're going to be joined by Steve Olsher today, who is a 30-plus-year entrepreneur, but he doesn't look a day over 30, and he's the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. That's right, there is a magazine on podcasting, and he created it. He was the original founder of Liquor.com, which is pretty cool that he owned that domain, a creator of the New Media Summit, host of the top-rated podcast, Reinvention Radio, and Beyond Eight Figures. And he's an international keynote speaker and in-demand strategic coach who helps businesses of all sizes leverage the power of new media to generate visibility, leads, and revenue on autopilot. Whoa! So please welcome to the show, Steve Olsher. How are you, Steve? Hey, that is the beautiful, that is a beautiful introduction. I will accept. Thank you. I, I came up with it on the spot right there. <laughs> you, you, man, that was brilliant. Nice, nicely <laughs> yeah. done. That's, uh, that's, why, that's why we've hired you. To, to do this particular thing, Justin. Thank you, uh, thank you. Steve, you 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 seem to uh, have your pulse on a lot of stuff before it happens. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to get into your sixth sense, but 
Uh, I want to find out for, for our listeners who don't know who you yeah. are, give us a rundown and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Justin definitely covered it there. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those entrepreneurs uh, that literally has just had that in my blood since the time I was old enough to pick up a shovel and shovel some snow or pick up a rake and, and move some leaves around. And, uh, you know, people say that uh, some entrepreneurs uh, have the ability to be made. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I am of the mindset that, uh, that I was always born as an entrepreneur. I don't think I could have ever done anything else. And, uh, and yeah, man, just a really long, strange journey over the years. And uh, from DJing in clubs to opening up my own nightclub when I was 19, uh, to, as Justin mentioned, uh, liquor.com and putting a book on the New York Times list and now being really in, entrenched in the podcasting space. Uh, oh, and along the way, I developed about 50 odd million dollars in real estate and, you know, did some other things as well. So, uh, yeah, man, long, strange, fun interesting journey. And did I mention that I'm, uh, we're actually opening a funeral home for my wife right now in San Diego? Wow. Right. Not, not bad. Not bad. Now, when did you create the, or when did you get into the podcasting realm? Because I know you, you launched the new media summit event. Um, yeah. was, what was the first one? Was that 2013, 2014? Um, so the first live event that I did technically was the reinvention workshop back in 2009. The next one was internet profits, P R O P H E T S live. Uh, where we brought on folks like Vishen Lakani and Brennan Bouchard and uh, Lewis Howes and lots of different people took that stage over the years. Uh, and then in uh, 2017, Justin, is actually when we did our first New Media Summit, which is an event where we give uh, attendees the opportunity to take center stage and pitch top podcasters on who they are and what they do, and they literally get booked on the spot. And so when did you first start covering podcasting? Because, you, I mean, even in, in 2017, you're pretty ahead of the game at that point. And I know, I, I, you know, we know each other pretty well, yeah. but back then I mean, the number of podcasts that were out in the world were, were pretty low. I think you probably know those numbers precisely. Sure. Um, but what, what brought you into the, the realm of podcasting? Where, where was the opportunity that you were seeing there? Yeah. So interestingly enough, the first podcast that I actually produced and released was in 2009. Hmm. So way, way back in the day, uh, just always been for me, radio's kind of always been, uh, always been like a Holy grail. You know, like I've just always had an affinity for radio and that would have been my dream job for a long time. If I could have had the opportunity to, to have a morning zoo type show or just do something, you know, on air as a radio disc jockey, that, that would have been a dream job for me. If you had asked me what I wanted to do in my teens and early twenties, that's, that's what I wanted to do. So it would have paid less though. It would have paid less <laughs> and you know, it depends. Howard, Howard Stern and others have done fairly well with this True. thing called radio. Um, but at the time, so way back when, again, late in my late teens and so on, I just have always, and, and Andres, you, you mentioned this, and I don't know if it's a gift or a curse or what, because I've actually found myself to be too early into things quite often. This was one of those things where I was really early into the space. And when I was given the opportunity to broker some time and buy some airtime on a radio station locally in Chicago, I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Let me do this. So I did that. And then I started looking around at different audio options and I found podcasting. I was like, wait a minute, I can actually have my own radio station, so to speak, that instead of just being in this small little area of Chicago on this small AM station that would only reach people if they had it tuned to that particular dial at that particular time, you're telling me that I can do pretty much the same thing and reach almost anyone, almost anywhere, almost any time with this thing called a podcast. I was like, count me in. 
So yeah, the, the first episode of reinvention radio that I did actually, Justin was in uh, 2009 and I did that on and off for a while. And then around 2015, started doing it more consistently. So since 2015, it's definitely been consistently. And in answer to your question, when we did the first New Media Summit, uh, I shared a stat that showed that there were around 400,000 podcasts at that time. And, and today there's what, about 1.2 now or 1.1 million? Uh, that would be just around, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. 1.6. 1.6. Oh, wow. Now, here's what gets really interesting about that. Right before, so we did a, we did a new media summit uh, in March, literally right at the precipice of when COVID took over. And so in that presentation, the number that I had shared was just under 980,000 podcasts. That was in March of 2020. So you've seen basically 60% growth in terms of the number of available shows between March of 2020 and where we are today. So do you do you think in your mind, have we actually reached a peak podcast? Do you think? I mean, is there, it, it, it seems like uh, because it's, you know, it's so easy now to create, uh, create a podcast. Uh, how, how do you think it's going to evolve? I mean, it, it, it's so, it's, for me, it's like an amazing tool. I mean, just the fact that you can really hit your niche audience in a way that's never been possible before. So do you think that this is just like one of those things that's going to like get saturated like everything else? Or do you think that this actually has a lot more life to it? Yeah. Well, let's, let's play that out for a second. So just out of curiosity, again, let's continue the game playing here for a second. How many published books do you think there are in the world? Four. <laughs> More than 1.6 million. <laughs> four. <laughs> Greater than four. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the answer is about 130 million. Hmm. Okay. Now, does that mean there are too many books? I don't know. Right. I mean, I will certainly say that that's a lot of books. Do you know how many websites there are in the world? I mean, you guys might actually know this question. How many how many websites are there in the world right now? Do you have any Do you have any guess uh, at all as far as what that number is? Any guesses? There's, there's Reddit, probably like a hundred million. Like I would think seven, seven, eight. <laughs> okay, so let's so what? We'll yeah, seven. There's eight. Actually, you're right. You're closer. Um, no, two billion. Oh wow. Okay. So as we, so as we play that out, right? Total number of websites, two billion. Total number of published books, about 130 million. 1.6 million podcasts. Yeah, that's a lot of shows, right? And obviously, that's a lot of shows that won't be found. It's a lot of shows that won't have, you know, significant traction. They won't get uh, a whole lot of downloads. But at the same token, you don't need a whole lot of downloads in order to really put this medium to work for you. And there are a lot of different reasons to launch a podcast than simply looking at it from a download perspective alone. So, Anderson, in answer to your question, I don't believe that we've even reached so much as, as, as the point of the hockey stick. You know, we're starting to see that, you know, if you're familiar with hockey stick growth, I think we're literally right at the flat end of the stick there and we're just starting to tick upwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it, the thing I, I love about podcasting uh, is, is how intimate it is and that I can be um, bopping about my day 
and just be, uh, which is what Justin does, by the way, because every time I talk to Justin, he's always just bopping about his day. I think that's exactly what you say, right, bro? That's the exact terminology I use. That's right. It's bopping. Crazy. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, man? I'm great. I'm bopping right now. Bopping around. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it, 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 it's something that is, is so simple to do yet. So, uh, powerful. Uh, I got my wife to start a podcast here. Uh, in Dutch, she's got two actually. She just started uh, her second one, uh, and and our business is actually moving into the direction of doing live events and podcasting because it is it it, it you don't have to do a lot of production value. You can really hit your audience. Um, so let me ask you how how did you find out that this was like the the thing? Like how did how did you like see the writing on the wall? Yeah. So as it relates specifically to podcasting, for me. And, and what we teach uh, to our clients is that you need a core visibility strategy. So no matter what business you're in, if you're a coach or an author or a speaker or a solopreneur or a small business owner, I mean, a holistic practitioner, it doesn't matter what, what business you're in, big businesses as well, it doesn't matter. You, you really need to hone in on a core visibility strategy. And so when you look at the options for how you can gain traction and how you can gain visibility and how you can attract highly targeted leads that ultimately lead to conversations and ultimately hopefully lead to revenue and sales. You got to start figuring out, okay, where, where am I going to hang my hat? Like, what am I really going to focus on? And so from, from my perspective, when you look at the various options out there, it's pretty, I don't want to say difficult, but let me just say that podcasting offers the most time effective uh, and cost-efficient means with which to reach those that you are most compelled to serve. And so can you do it through Facebook ads? Sure. But there's a lot of trial and error. Eh? Can you do it through social media? Sure. But how many people do you know who have been on social media for years and still have a 1,000 or 2,000 followers or, or something of that nature, right? So the odds of going viral, you can put something on YouTube. Absolutely. The odds of more than a couple hundred people seeing that not so good. You know, even the smallest, using that terminology, which I don't really like using, but even the smallest of podcasts can pretty much count on up to 100 downloads per episode, right? And, and we're not going to, we can't get into the numbers here, but just know that that's pretty darn average. That the majority of, of about 50% or so of the podcasts that are released will reach about 125 downloads. And I just want to add that when, when you're talking about like a core visibility strategy, I think learning modality comes into this a little bit. Like some people are going to be favoring audio. Some people are going to be favoring video and some people might favor writing or like blogging. But then we, we look at like, okay, podcasting might be saturated, quote unquote, to some people. Um, but we're talking about 1.6 million podcasts. I know that there's a lot more blogs and a lot more YouTube channels than 1.6 million. And we're talking Absolutely. very, very high numbers. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but they're hundreds of millions, if not billions of uh, especially blogs. And, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure YouTube channels are at least hundreds of millions of YouTube channels. So when we're, when we're looking at the options of like how I can create a content strategy that's going to bring out value and kind of give me visibility, I think podcasting is still the go-to one because it's still early in the game as far as I'm concerned. And I know uh, Andres had brought up like that. Yeah, it's, it's, got some, it's got some people around it now, but I agree with you, Steve, that I think we are on that hockey stick trajectory and there's still a lot of room for growth. I mean, I remember back in 2011 or so, I was thinking YouTube was saturated and I was wrong because look at it yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Thank you, QAnon. 
maybe, <laughs> I guess. So, and, and, and the points are well taken. And if I may, I'll just continue down that path for a second here, right? So in answer to the question, there's about 31 million YouTube channels, right? So even if we look at that, we still have room for 25x-ish growth to get maybe 20x growth, whatever, to get to the, a similar number uh, of podcasts. But again, just to close the loop on the, on the number of downloads, what, what we believe and what we have found is that your, your numbers really don't matter. I mean, in terms of the number of downloads that your show gets, if you understand how to leverage the power of podcasts, to use a podcast as a tool with which to attract your, your most qualified, most highly targeted prospects, if you will, um, it, it can become quite a, a lucrative initiative for you if you understand what it is that you need to do in order for that to happen. And, and what most people do is they get caught up in the numbers in terms of the number of downloads and, and, and so on. And that's okay. And I get that. And I see why that's important, but I liken it to a speaking gig. And if you think about it in terms of, if you were to have the opportunity to speak in front of, let's just say it's a hundred people, a hundred people who have raised their hand to say, I have an interest in that particular conversation and give that conversation to me. And I want to be in the audience to hear you speak. How many of you would take a speaking gig if there were 100 people in that audience where 100% of those people in those seats have a demonstrated interest in what it is that you're going to be talking about? Have they been the drinking? Answer, I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. More variables to fit in there. But the answer, of course, is, you know, you would take that speaking gig all day long and the odds of converting 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50% of those people into a relevant product program or service is pretty damn high. And coming from a seminar background, like uh, I've, I've worked in a number of different seminar companies. I mean, I've seen people that run small seminar events that have like five to 10 to maybe five to 20 people in the audience. And they're pulling six figures out of those events or plus. So the size of the audience doesn't necessarily matter. It's the fact that you have the audience there and that you've done a good job up front of making sure that the people that are showing up are qualified and uh, interested in what it is that you're serving. So yeah, if, if I had that offer of uh, 100 people, I would take that every time. If I had the offer for 10 people, I would take it every time because I want to get in front of people that want to hear my message. And I, I totally understand the value of that. Well, I want to, I want to, because you, you touched on something and I, I want to talk about this, which is how to leverage your podcast. Because it's one thing to have the podcast and just like, you know, uh, do a lot of, you know, verbal diarrhea into a microphone, which uh, Justin and I have become very adept at. Uh, but, but what, 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 are, what are the some of the mechanisms that people are not using or should be using to leverage their podcasts so they can, you know, maximize what they're doing? Sure, and and really, it all begins with understanding that there are very, very, very few people who can turn a podcast into a business. Right. I mean, if you look at somebody like a, a Joe Rogan or a, or a Dax or, I mean, you know, Dave Ramsey, et cetera, right? There, lots of different people have the ability to turn that podcast itself into a business because the numbers are there. And oftentimes you see people who are able to do that. They're bouncing people from one area of their ecosystem to the other. Right. I mean, when Will Ferrell launched season two of the Ron Burgundy podcast, he was on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, and Colbert all on the same night, flying coast to coast to be able to do that, right? And so for 
for most mere mortals, you're not going to have that sort of visibility. You're not going to have that sort of exposure. If you have those sort of numbers, then look, you just go to sponsors, you go to advertisers, they throw ads there, you do some direct reads, host reads, and you you make some really good money because it's CPM. It's a cost per thousand situation where someone's willing to pay you 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 bucks per thousand, depending on who your audience is. You get 10,000 as a thousand bucks, you know, per episode, bam, there you go. Okay, whatever. Most podcasters are not going to get to those numbers. And so what we teach and what I believe in is that there is a way to to leverage what we call the business of podcasting as opposed to looking at podcasting itself as a business. And so to to our way of thinking, if you think about a tree and you've got the the trunk of the tree and the roots, and then you've got obviously the branches and, and so on that come off, podcasting really is just a branch on your overall business tree. And so what what needs to happen is if you're going to look at your podcast as a as a tool with which to generate leads and revenue, you, you really have to keep these five words in mind. And, and these are the five words that I preach over and over again uh, to anyone that will listen. Do not touch these, the bears. Do it's, not it's, touch the bear. Do not touch. The, that's good. That's five. Exactly. Yeah. So after you avoid touching the bears, then think about everything starts with the offer, right? Everything starts with the offer. And so what happens is, you know, and just to your point, you get all these folks who have these shows and they're just kind of diarrhea of the mouth and they're just going and going and going. And they don't ever really stop to think about, you know, what what is the real intention here in terms of why I'm creating this show? How does it fit into the the overall business that I'm that I'm looking to grow here? And 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 what do I need to do on that show in order to lead people to the conclusion that they should be having a conversation with me or someone on my team? And ultimately, that conversation leads to whatever that last step is on the path, as we call it, the profit path that they've created. And so when you, when I'm saying everything starts with the offer, what I'm really saying is everything starts with the last step on that profit path, with us, which ostensibly is the last step that someone can take with you in terms of investing in a relevant product, program, or service. So just think about it in terms of your highest priced offering. So let's, let's take an example. Let's say that you had a... Um like a marketing podcast and it had a <laughs> like seven listeners, let's say uh, very loyal though, very loyal seven listeners. Uh, wh- what would you recommend uh, the best way? Like what would be the next pivot to monetize that or to create some sort of uh, uh, way to create income around that? Yeah. So, so number one, obviously, as we've discussed, you start with the offer, right? So what do you actually want people to hire you to do? Right? So that's step number one. You have to design that. You have to lay out in terms of what it is, what's included, and, and what it's going to cost if someone's going to invest with you, right? So you have to start with creating whatever that offer is. And typically, I recommend starting with whatever that highest priced offering is, the one that maybe two or three or four or five people a year might have the wherewithal to say yes to. And you need that, right? Because it's a price juxtaposition. You need to be able to demonstrate to people, hey, you know, if you want to hire me for a VIP day, it's 25 grand. I'll come in, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Or if you want to work with me in a group coaching set, you know, setting over the course of a year and we'll do this, that, and the other, it's 25 grand a year. So it's up to you, right? One day with me, we'll dig in deep or a full year and blah, 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 whatever it is. It's just creating that price juxtaposition. So start with whatever that core offer is. Then work backwards from that in terms of creating other relevant products, programs, and services that meet people where they are. 
when you then have your show, what I would do if it were a marketing show is, you know, talking to people like me is great. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Frankly, I think it's a huge miss for you guys. Like if I was your coach, I would never have someone like me on the show because I'm fucking smart. Can I swear? I just swore. Yeah, you can. You know, thank you. So, so the point being, if I do my job here as a guest, people who are listening are thinking to themselves, man, I, I want to, you know, take my podcast to the next level, or I want to be in podcast magazine, or I want to do blank, 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 or all the fun things that we're going to talk about. As far as I'm concerned, they're going to connect with me. They're going to come into our ecosystem. And eventually we're going to find the right product program or service to enroll them in. So you're basically giving me your audience, which is great and appreciated. And thank you for that. And if you know, you (laughs) want to work together, you can reach me at, I'm just playing. Um, But but that's ostensibly what you're doing. What I would do in your case in a show like Marketing Geeks is I would advise you to actually do the opposite, which is I would advise you to bring in people who have marketing problems, assuming this ties back to your offer, right? Again, it depends on what your offer is. Your offer might be nothing. You just want to have this great podcast that people listen to, and there you go. Okay, great. But assuming that you actually want people to hire you to do a certain thing, I would bring in people who are having a problem with that thing I would help them with that. I would solve that for them. I would demonstrate your brilliance and your expertise. And then your call to action call to action at the end is, hey, if you like all the beautiful things I did there and you want us to do it for you here, reach out for me and let's chat. Because what we just did in this one hour, just imagine what I can do with you over the course of a month or a year or a quarter, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. In fact, one my my uh one of the my wife's favorite podcasts is a woman who does counseling for couples. Sure. And uh, so every week she'll bring on a new couple and they, you know, they, she kind of coaches them through their, through their stuff. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of voyeuristic. It it goes back to what I was saying about podcasting being this really intimate sort of uh, medium. And, uh, and, and I think that's a, that's a great point where, where it's, it's a matter of showing your particular expertise and how you bring value uh, to those specific uh, places that that you know you'll get the get the clients. I want to I want to say something real quick, though, Andres. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that even though that we're not following that model, where we're bringing on the the people that are I probably our ideal clients and solving the problems like that. Now, what we what we do get out of the show though is relationships with high level, um, well-known people and we're introduced and, you know, have PR companies reaching out to us, bringing us these kind of people to us, which, which creates a pretty cool sense of visibility and some prestige and authority in the industry, which is, uh, which is one piece of the puzzle in my opinion. So I, I know that we are leveraging that aspect of it, but as far as like making this show maximized on profit, then it, it probably your path is more ideal. Um, but I think there is a long game here too with, uh, you know, you're building up authority, building up a reputation, and then ultimately you can then leverage that into something big. And, and I've kind of been able to do that with uh, a lot of the, you know, private work that I do outside of this. But it's, uh, it's yeah, I do see, I do see your point though, because like if we really wanted to just monetize this from the audience perspective, we are missing the boat there. So I, I just wanted to bring some insights. Yeah. And, and so to that end, I'm just continuing down the path, right? I mean, so it's a question of, and, and there's, there's really only three reasons in my mind to, to have a podcast. Uh, and you know, Doug Sandler, Justin, and, and just, yep. uh, Doug used to be on our team. And uh, when we did our launch your podcast intensive, uh, this is something that, that Doug taught that I've taken to heart ever since then. 
Um, and, and Doug, what, what I learned from Doug was that he said, look, there's really only three reasons to, to have a podcast, right? It's either to build your authority, it's to build your community, or it's to build your bank account, right? And, and I love that. And I keep that in mind. And, and, and yeah, man, I mean, I totally get it. We did beyond eight figures for, for that exact same reason. I just wanted to build my Rolodex because we sit down with people who have either exited for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million. For me, it was a Rolodex play all day long because I was in the, I was in the mode of looking to raise capital for a new real estate endeavor, a tech play. I'm not going to get all the details around that, but I was looking to raise capital for that. So I wanted to build up my Rolodex of people who could stroke a check or introduce me to people who could. So anything else that came out of that, I wasn't looking for clients out of that show. I wasn't looking, you know, one of Doug's best strategies that I love too is turning your guests into clients, right? I mean, that's, that's an easy way to, to get people to say yes. But that for me wasn't the reason why we did Beyond Eight Figures. It was just simply a Rolodex play. So yeah, I mean, as long as you're clear on it, that's, that's all that matters. And to that end, um, you mean you recently started Podcast Magazine here in um, beginning of 2020. Yeah. And you're also able to, to leverage that into some pretty powerful relationships. And I, I've heard you from the stage talk about this. I'll, I'll let you kind of elaborate on it. But I mean, uh, can you talk a little bit about like uh, why you started Podcast Magazine and then what's that done, uh, what that's done for you too, for like access? Yeah. So, so it's, it's an interesting story, right? I mean, again, just kind of seeing where the Wayne Gretzky thing, you know, where the, where the puck is going and just trying to get there before it gets there, right? So knowing what was going on here in the landscape of podcasting and knowing that there are a lot of people who did and still do some really great things for podcasters, I began scratching my head and going, why doesn't Sports Illustrated for podcasters or Wired for podcasters or, you know, Vanity Fair for, for podcasters, et cetera? You know, why, why doesn't that exist? And, and I knew that, look, if I was going to, to, to be serious here, about answering the, the fundamental question of what conversation do I most want to be a part of? And, and I think that's the, the fundamental question that every entrepreneur has to, has to be able to answer, it, which is what conversation do you most want to be part of, right? From the standpoint of you have to be able to narrow down. Like for you guys, that conversation might very well be marketing, right? Like you most want to be part of the conversation. When you think about it from the standpoint of being a part of that conversation. Basically what that means is you want your name to be entered into a conversation, regardless of whether or not you are there physically to put your name into that mix. So in other words, if people are talking about marketing, you want them to go, Oh man, you have to listen to marketing geeks. You have to check out what Justin and Andres are doing. Like you have to, if you want to learn about marketing, those are your guys, right? So for us, we became very clear on the fact that the conversation that we most want to be a part of is the conversation around podcasting. And on the merits of our podcasts alone, Reinvention Radio and Beyond Eight Figures, we weren't going to be in that conversation. They talk about Joe Rogan, they talk about Dax, they talk about whoever, they weren't gonna be talking about me. Our live event is great, you know, it's a great live event, but it's not a huge massive event where it's just gonna throw my name again into the conversation around podcasting. So. What I became very clear on is that the goal of every entrepreneur, at least I believe that the goal for every entrepreneur, should be to, to, to position yourself as the, the hub of the wheel, 
in whatever vertical it is you want to dominate or whatever conversation it is that you most want to be a part of. And so I knew that I was not going to be positioning myself as that hub of the wheel based on the merits of the shows alone. So that was the idea behind Podcast Magazine, Justin, is how do we create something where my name gets thrown into the mix next to a, a Wondery or an iHeart or a Rogan or whoever? And, you know, again, frankly, it wasn't going to happen with the with the path that we had forged. So it was a combination of being able to answer that fundamental question of what conversation do I most want to be a part of? Well, if podcasting is that conversation, then how do I make that happen? How do I become the hub of the wheel? And how do I position myself in the vertical so that every piece of that vertical puzzle connects directly to something that we're doing? And so if you think about what we've done here then with Podcast Magazine, it really does exactly that. And yeah, man, it's open doors in, in ways that we never thought were possible. I couldn't get Katie Kirk to come on a reinvention radio. I couldn't get Adam Carolla to sit down. I couldn't get Jenna Kutcher to answer my emails. I couldn't get, you know, Dave Ramsey to invite me into his, his headquarters there and, to, you know, tour me around person. Like none of that was happening until Podcast Magazine. And because we decided to go down the path of consumer facing, and allow the you know the industry rags and the people that are doing great things for podcasters to continue that path. We really created our own blue ocean of opportunity here and created that category of one. And it is, it, as you've seen firsthand, it's truly made all the difference. Yeah, and what I love most about it is again the people that you're getting access to because those are big, big names. I mean, these are like celebrity level Hollywood, almost Hollywood level names. I mean, like sure. Adam Carolla's you know been on TV. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these bigger name Absolutely. people i mean they're they're they have massive massive platforms massive visibility and and it's tough to get their attention so it's uh to kind of watch this unfold and watch podcast magazine mature has been uh, has been pretty fascinating it's like a case study and uh and i just i, I love that you're able to get that access uh to these people what is your um now that you kind of have started to build the rolodex of podcasters what what's the next kind of aim for a podcast magazine, would you say beyond, beyond becoming, cause you're now becoming kind of like what you're talking about, but you're becoming the hub, you're becoming the conversational centerpiece. So what, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. And so just to be clear, you know, one of the things that we always have in, envisioned for the magazine and was one of our, really our mantras moving forward is helping to, to solve the discoverability issue. Right. Because while we love having sit downs with, you know, these top name people, people that the that the industry sees and knows. And as you said, you know, these are folks who have um, a, a fair, fairly solid degree of celebrity status. We don't necessarily need to give them any more visibility, but it's it's definitely something that adds for our credibility and our authority to be able to sit down with them. So one of the things, though, that we knew going in that we wanted to do was we really wanted to try to level the playing field as much as possible for you know as, as many podcasters as we could possibly help from the standpoint of, look, you, you have this ascending spiral in the world of podcasting, right? Where the popular shows end up in the charts because they have the most ratings and reviews and subscribes and downloads. And so they end up in the charts. So as more people become familiar with podcasts or are looking for different shows to listen to, they go to the charts. Who do they see in the charts? the same shows. What happens when these new people listen to those shows in, ex in addition to the existing people who listen to those shows? Well, what happens is they get more ratings, more reviews, more subscribes, more downloads. So it becomes this ascending spiral where the 
popular shows stay popular and the 600 odd thousand shows that just launched and the million odd shows before that it becomes even more difficult for you know the the 99.9% of those shows to be found so one of the things that we really pride ourselves on with the magazine is introducing our readership to shows that they haven't heard of, but they definitely should be listening to and independent ratings and reviews and our own chart that's created by fans, for fans, et cetera. And so further down the path, Justin, what you're asking me is, you know, what's the vision around this? What are we going to do, et cetera? Obviously, we want to continue to grow the magazine from a subscriber base, but we also want to expand outwards. I mean, we've got four very specific pillars that we're looking at here under what we call ear control, which is the the parent company of all of this, of which media and in terms of podcast magazine and the email subscribers and the website visitors and so on is one of those pillars. Uh, we're going to do a live event, right? I mean, we did the new media summit. Now we're going to expand it into more of a consumer facing live event. Think Comic-Con ask meets the new media summit, right? And really grow a large consumer facing live event. Second pillar, third pillar, is we're going to launch our own podcast. We're starting with the Hot 50 Countdown, right? So if you love American Top 40, you'll love the Hot 50 Countdown, right? Because we're doing something very, very, very similar with that. Again, based on podcast fan voting, where do you vote? You vote at podcastmagazine.com slash hot 50, right? So it all becomes very circular. And then the fourth piece is technology. And we're actually in the process uh, of developing an app that will help solve the discoverability issue, both for podcasters who can't gain a lot of traction and for podcast fans who don't necessarily have the the best processes in place for finding new shows that they haven't heard of, right? Hmm. So that's that's the bigger vision. And Podcast Magazine, of course, is a really important component of all of that. What about voter fraud? Do we worry about voter fraud? <laughs> I hope so. Vote early, vote often, and yeah, you know what? Let's let's. Uh, I would love for you to stuff the ballot box. Have at it. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us now. It it you know you bring up some interesting points because it's it's basically. I mean, one of the things I love about just doing podcasting in general is. Uh, as you were saying, you know, getting in front of a hundred people, but those hundred people really want to hear exactly what what you're saying. So it's almost, in, in a sense, it is almost impossible to saturate the market because everyone's voice is is absolutely unique, and you can do amazing things with uh, with podcasts. In fact, uh, for years I, I've been struggling to write uh, a novel, and but I, I always think cinematically and you know, creating a, a movie or a TV show is like, that's, that's a little bit out of my reach. But, uh, but now lately I, I've noticed that uh, like Netflix and some of these other uh, Amazon, they're, they're picking up programs and creating programs from podcasts. Oh, yeah. So now I'm thinking like, wow, it's, it's the, it's, it's a low, much lower bar to create some audio entertainment that someone can just like listen on their drive. And, and uh, so the, the thing that I'm writing now is, is I'm thinking of it as uh, a podcast because it's not just like doing a show where you're just talking, but you can really do so much with this medium. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. And for context, his father was a science fiction writer, uh, Theodore Sturgeon, a pretty famous one at that. So this, this, this man has roots in the authorship. He needs to be a media yeah. producer. 
Yeah, my, my mother my mother was also on the radio, and uh, unfortunately, she died last year. Uh, and her, her, she she regretted the fact that she couldn't get back on the radio. And I wish uh, I do wish that she was still alive uh, for uh, just to be able to to run her own show again would be amazing for her. Although uh, I'm also glad that she's not around to see the dumpster fire that has become <laughs> our uh, our planet uh, <laughs> over the past, you know few yeah. uh few years but uh so so we're well, let we're, me let me speak to that just for a second if you don't mind yeah. because it's because you're bringing up a great point i i literally just sat down with laura beale yesterday does that name ring a bell for you guys laura beale it's not who is that so she's the voice behind uh dr death and mm-hmm. uh bad batch and and um you know she's done Her, heard of all those i have not listened to them um but i've heard of them i know they're very big podcasts Aware. So yeah, 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 for sure. And and uh, Doctor Death was optioned, and and uh, Alec Baldwin's involved with the. Uh, I forget who picked it up, but you know the reality is there's been eighty million odd downloads of uh, of Doctor Death, and man, I tell you, you know, you hit that certain level of popularity, and then amazing things happen. And absolutely, I mean that's a, that show got optioned, yeah. that podcast got optioned into a TV show, uh, and you know it's really interesting. Uh, about that uh, discussion with Laura is she created this this great show and was hired to do so, but didn't actually carve out any sort of ownership piece for her. So what I would can ask you to to really think about here, and, and Andres, honestly, you could take your 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 dad's book and and you could you could read it, right? I mean, like that could be a really interesting podcast. Just go Absolutely. through it chapter by chapter, but you know, really think in terms of long term here, because to me. Again, thinking about the the business of podcasting as opposed to a podcast as a business, there there are much bigger fish to fry here. If you can get into that that realm of of full blown film and TV production and optioning off these creations, so it, what I would just am, I'm pointing this out to you only to say that a lot of people just think of, of, of podcasting as this cute little cottage industry. And there's, you know, these, these, you know, audio files who love this and, and it's just like this, this cute little thing. But the reality is there's, there's real money being made here. And so, yeah. but, but to that end, very few people will make real money doing what you and I and Justin are doing right now. The, the real money, actually, and let me ask you this: Do you do you know, gentlemen, off the top of your head, what is the single most popular category for uh, for podcast fans in terms of you know when you think about society and culture and um, and and health and fitness and and history and science and true crime and sports and true crime. news and all that? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say true crime would be my guess. Yeah, I mean head and shoulders above, right? Yeah. I mean, true true crime is head and shoulders above in terms of popularity and downloads and whatever, just every other category. So if you're thinking about it in terms of let me do something that gives me the greatest potential for turning this into a real return and and making some real money for this, listen to the shows that are actually making real money, right? Like do your homework and look at what's going on there. And, and you know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So there is real money yeah. to be made. And, and even in, in your space, man, even just reading that book, if people aren't familiar with it, it will sound to them like this incredible new story that they haven't heard of before. And little, do, little do they know that it's just you reading this book. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's yeah. a lot of and, interesting and opportunities and, there. 
and that's that's my point is that the way that the 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 things that you can do with a podcast are are quite stunning like it's mm-hmm. it's it, there there's no real end to the types of things that you can do it's not just the creativity it's it's the fact that you can leverage it in different ways uh to really make things happen i think these shows like this the style of like syndication style shows is like barely being tapped into right now that's pretty new so that like that's still even earlier in the game than the uh, traditional interview style podcasts that are we've all kind of grown accustomed to that are in the business industry because that's what we see all the time yeah. uh but this is like this is really new go ahead on sorry i just wanted to say yeah that. well i i just uh right now we have a couple of people watching the live stream shout out to uh andrea cobble who says that she's really excited about the app so yeah. you've uh you've got someone who's uh Sweet. who's already ready to download that and then uh adam connor uh, just said that the uh, he loves this conversation and uh, he is now a subscriber to Podcast Magazine. Yay, so thank you. What about Marketing Geeks? Is he a subscriber to Marketing Geeks? Probably not, <laughs> unfortunately. We only have our... You were right, Steve. You were right. <laughs> I win. So, <laughs> so, uh, so what, what, what's kind of... Uh, what do you see this... You know, you, you do the, the Media Summit... Uh, do you see like, are you still like in the middle of this or are you setting your sights even beyond this towards something like where it's going? Do you have maybe any beyond eight figures, maybe beyond eight figures, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good one. Well played, Justin. Um, so in other words, where do I see the medium going? Just want to make sure I'm clear on what the question is. Yeah, where do yeah. I see the medium going? Okay. So, and, 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 and for you personally, like where, where are you taking, where, is there an end game to this? Or are you just kind of on the road to see where it goes? Yeah. So so let me, I'll break it down. I'll answer the question of where we're taking it first. So again, if you think about the four pillars under ear control, our goal is to create these four pillars and give someone the opportunity to come in and pick up the whole bundle. Uh, and if they really want to get a strong foothold into the space between the magazine and the podcast and the live event and the app and all that, you know, someone can step in and, and go pretty far pretty quick. Uh, so that's certainly on the radar to, to have an exit uh, you now at some point. Uh, down the line and we'll see when when that takes place so uh, there is certainly that on the radar for me i just wanted to say that one thing we haven't even touched on and we're not going to get into this right now but i wanted to bring it up is this idea that one of the things that you teach and again because i've been to many of your events and we've done work together is that you're, you're teaching not only the idea of like people that can start their own podcast that's one component of this but uh, i just wanted to bring this up because you're teaching people how to leverage the power of podcasting by being a guest on other people's shows so that like what you're doing right now and you're you know you're teasing us while you're doing it but uh but you're you know you're leveraging our audience to get your message out there help uh, promote podcast magazine help do this but that's a that's a valid strategy where you don't have to do all the back end stuff. You don't have to maintain a podcast constantly. You could just show up and be a guest as long as you're taking the right approach. And it's just something I wanted to, again, bring up because we didn't touch on it really and have you uh, sure. kind of just sum that up real briefly because it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. And yes, we've got a number of things going on. And yes, we do teach people. Really, I mean, again, you understand uh, how all this works. There's two sides of the microphone, right? There's a side of the microphone of being the host, and there's a side of the microphone of being a guest. We have taught thousands of people how to just simply be a really great guest and how to leverage those appearances and turn visibility into revenue. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we teach. We got programs and, you know, all that fun stuff. And that is certainly an option because not everybody wants the responsibility 
of having their own show. And it takes a lot of time and energy and resources. And for me, I walk the talk because when, when we look at what our core visibility strategy is, our core visibility strategy, of course, is podcasts, right? Both in terms of having our own shows and being a guest. I mean, I've been a guest. Uh, there was a period of time there where there was a three-year stretch where I was a guest on over 500 shows. <laughs> so I, I love being a guest on, on shows because the, the reality is, is that it's, it's your job from this point forward after we say goodbye to kind of make me famous, right? I mean, it's your job to market the episode. It's your job to get people to listen and download to it. I'm done, right? I invest our hour here and, and, and I'm done. You're going to spend 10, 20, 30 hours, maybe more after this in terms of putting this together in a nice package, putting it up on your site, creating the graphics, the set and the other. No, no, no we're not. No, you're not. Okay, fine. Yes. So He's not. For every other episode, yes. For every other episode, you you do that. For this one, yeah. Um, so yeah, man, so that's definitely an option. And, and just to finish and close the loop on, on the question that you asked, Anders, about where the medium is headed, um, I would certainly say that, again, when you just simply look at the numbers, in terms of the number of podcasts versus the number of YouTube channels versus the number of websites versus the number of books, you're going to see a lot more people coming into the space. What I also know to be true is that you're going to see more platforms, in terms of how people actually consume and, and access podcasts. And so I think that there is a real opportunity here, and that's certainly something that we're looking to pursue, is being a part of that conversation around the way in which pad, uh, podcasts are consumed and, and marketed and distributed, et cetera. Because the reality is, you know, not everybody loves Apple Podcasts. Not everybody loves Stitcher. Not everybody loves SoundCloud or Spotify. You know, there's, there, you look at all the different cable channels, there's plenty of opportunity to distribute content in the medium of audio as well. So I think you're going to see more platforms come into play. Is it going to be tough to tackle that 800 pound gorilla? Uh, of course it is. I mean, you know, look what Spotify and, and Apple uh, and even Stitcher or SoundCloud have done. I mean, those, those are, those are four big players, but I do think if you were thinking about, well, can I create something I love podcasting. Can I create something that gives me the opportunity to build something and sell it? I think now, and certainly for the next, let's just call it three to five years, if you build something decent that serves either podcasters or podcast fans, I think that the odds of you're getting acquired uh, are pretty darn good. That's interesting. We're coming kind of towards the end of the show, but one of the things I wanted to, to ask you is uh, for, for, for somebody uh, like one of our listeners, uh, Andrea Cobble asked, you know, she says that she's starting her own uh, podcast. So if, if somebody is starting their own podcast, what, what would you recommend? Like, what is the best kind of best practices? Yeah. Like, what would you recommend for if somebody who's like, I would love to start a podcast. I don't know a thing. Yeah. I'm happy to share one of my best strategies and you can have it, Andrew, right? Which is Yay! when you think about launching a show, think about leveraging what we call the new media trifecta. And what is the new media trifecta? The new media trifecta is the, is the vernacular that we use, the term that we use that um, as in, let me just say it as in as few words as possible here. It just basically means that your brand, your podcast, and your online course are all of the same name. And so if you can aspire to create a brand, an online course, and a podcast that share the same name, 
you're going to have a winner on your hands. And so something mm-hmm. that is really aspirational, something that speaks to a particular, I'll, I'll give you an example here. So a couple of examples, just so that you can understand what I'm talking about. So uh, one of our clients, uh, her name is Lucy Dumas. She um, came to us several years ago. We encouraged her actually for over a year before she finally did it to launch a, a podcast and, and a brand called The Profitable Photographer. That's what she does is she helps photographers create you know profitable businesses. It's a very niche audience, as you can imagine. I mean, she doesn't get a heck of a lot of downloads. And we actually helped her launch that show called The Profitable Photographer. But it doesn't matter. I mean, if she gets 50 downloads in an episode, these are people who are photographers who want to learn how to create a profitable photography business. So again, 100% of the people raising their hands, 100% of the people saying, I want to hear that 100% of the people pulling that episode and, and listening to it, right? So the brand is the profitable photographer, the podcast is the profitable photographer. Well, what do you think the name of the online course is? You know, obviously the profitable photographer, right? And so, oh, wow, that, thank you. Cause I, yeah, you were going to, I guess you stumped totally you stumped yeah, there. I, I know you, I had just stopped there. So, <laughs> so if you can aspire Andrea to create something that meets the criteria of the, the new media trifecta, it's going to help you immensely to really hone in on who your most ideal target, you know, person is think about in terms of creating highly targeted leads, really attracting those that you're most compelled to serve. And then everything that you build supports that initiative of helping to create in Lucy's case, profitable photographers. But the problem that I see is that most people Andros have a podcast of one name, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what they do. They've got an online course of a completely different name. And then they've got this, this brand, or there's this umbrella or whatever it is. It's like, you know, completely out of left field. So if you can try, uh, as best you can to, to achieve that degree of alignment between those three pieces, it's really easy for everything else to fall in place behind that. And it makes a lot of sense. And, and you're talking about a very niche market. Like I love that story of the profitable photographer, because that's a podcast that unprofitable photographers are going to listen to, or even profitable photographers will listen to, and they'll sure. want to get better and more profitable. And it's a, so it's such a, a niche audience that it's like the ideal, perfect, only the only the ideal, perfect clients or prospects are the ones that are going to listen to it. Yeah, uh, I did remember what I was going to say earlier. And it was uh, you were talking about the different mediums that people are consuming podcasts. I was gonna say we just got our podcast on Amazon who has just launched a yep. podcast platform of their own. Yep. We'll see how deep they're going to take that. I mean, I don't know if they want to compete with Apple. And uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they do. It's Jeff Bezos after all. Yeah. But uh, but we just got listed there. And then uh, and then also we got to consider that, you know, Elon Musk is going to be installing brain chips into our brains by next year. So we could probably just broadcast these podcasts without headphones even right into our brains. Yeah. So that's, that's know, the future. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my theory is that uh, actually we already had the brain chips implanted a long time ago, and uh, all of this, of course, is a uh, just a just a simulation, a bad one, a bad simulation. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I mean, look, look, obviously the brain chip goes to a whole other level. That's a lot of consent that we're gonna have to figure out and and whatnot. <laughs> what what we don't need consent on, and again, where's the puck going as far as all this is concerned? Look at what's going on with the cars. Right. I mean, Wi-Fi being a standard accessory and 250 million cars rolling off the assembly line in the next five years. You look at the dashboard of cars that are coming off the assembly line now, Apple CarPlay, Google CarPlay, et cetera. If you look at the dashboard of a car that has Apple CarPlay or Google CarPlay installed, you will see that it is actually easier for you to access podcasts directly from that main screen than it is for you to find AM or FM or satellite radio. So that 
is a very simple shift that will make a tremendous difference, especially when the autonomous cars hit too, right? And you can take your hands Absolutely. off the wheel and do whatever you got to do. People are going to be looking for an information, for entertainment, for education, for content, et cetera. And they're not going to have to drive. So they do it right there on the screen. Great. You've got Wi-Fi and all of these things add up to more people listening to shows and more opportunities for you. Yeah. And Spotify, they, they actually, that's why they're going all in with podcasting. In fact, they are now giving everyone, you know, you've got your Monday discover weekly, you got your Friday release radar, but they're also giving you your daily drive playlist. And, uh, they're, 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 you know, radio, as far as I'm concerned is going to be obsolete, uh, very, very shortly. Hopefully they will, uh, you know, open up that bandwidth and, and create a free, uh, free Wi-Fi for, uh, the country and do something awesome. But I see yeah. that. And honestly, that's going to happen. It's that you will see Wi-Fi as a, uh, as it just, it's like a birthright for the, for the kids mm -hmm. that are going to be born in 2025 and beyond. They'll never even know anything about having to pay for Wi-Fi. Well, I want to ask you one thing about the uh, autonomous cars is, is video a threat to podcasts? If we have autonomous cars, we don't have to look at the road anymore. Yes. Do you think uh, that video could be a potential threat when that rolls around, at least for that consumer, uh, for the uh, traffic portion of the audience that listens in the car? Are they going to be more prone to watch video? Do you see video podcasting as something that's viable? Because right now, video podcasting exists. You can have a video podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can have it on Spotify, I believe. Yep. But it's very small percentage of shows actually use it and it costs yeah, we're more converting this to as, a video podcast yeah and so to that end actually the app that we're developing and justin obviously will go much deeper on this since uh yes. you know and <laughs> for you guys who don't know justin i actually have uh, we, we've known each other now for for a while so appreciate the opportunity to be on the on the show with you andros as well uh, but justin i've talked about this uh quite extensively and we'll, we'll continue to but that's actually part of what we're doing with the app is incorporating video into that because vodcasts are for real and you will see those continue to grow in popularity. And a lot of people say, oh, you can't create a podcast if you're doing video and, you know, either create a video or create a podcast. Well, yes and no. You can create a really great podcast that is audio only if you're thinking about it from the standpoint of, of a doctor death or something of that nature. An interview is a different story a soapbox episode is a different story so there are certain types of podcasts that don't translate well to video and there are certain video vodcasts if you will that don't translate well to audio so you you just have to be really aware of what translates from one medium to the other but there is no doubt in my mind at all justin that the uh, the inclusion of video is an absolute must for the majority of podcasts uh, and those shows moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, like I said, we're, we're now in the, the, the place where we're transitioning to doing both where we're, we're live streaming our interviews as we are right now, but then taking the audio and turning that into a podcast. And so you having two different vectors, but there is a distinction. I just want to make a distinction real quick on that Andres, because there, there yeah. is video podcasting, itself is a thing where like you can actually be listed in the apple podcast app as a video podcast and what we're doing is we're creating videos separately we're putting it on youtube we're putting it on facebook we're putting it on linkedin we're simulcasting uh but this other element does exist that is the video podcast that is uh that is a little bit separate so that and that's i just wanted to make that distinction because that's a yeah. that's another component that uh, I, i'm curious 
if that becomes a bigger thing in the future, the actual the actual video podcasting and and, and the hosting part, all that mm. versus just like everyone that's just posting on YouTube simultaneously. Yeah. And, and there's a time and I'll just simply say that there's a time and a place where audio as a standalone makes sense. I mean, certainly if you are vacuuming or if you're moving around or you're on a bike, I mean, if you're, you know, running, you're biking yeah. or running or exercising, I mean, depending on what you're doing, obviously audio only is the most logical option for you. Um, but the number of, uh, of places, so to speak, where audio only is a necessity is certainly decreasing. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we've got to wrap up the show. This is uh, absolutely amazing. We could, I, I could definitely do another hour. Uh, but uh, Steve, will you, come, will you please come back on the show uh, at some point? Hey, it was really hard for me to get on once. If I want to be invited back, I'd love <laughs> to join you guys again. Just name the time. Yeah. Uh, you got to wait for absolutely. another guest to cancel and then yeah, they bring you, you on. That's, that's <laughs> the... <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm, so, ha- I'm happy to be that, uh, you know, what, what's the, uh, there's, there's an old Chris the Rock. Back the the understudy? Well, <laughs> Chris Rock says it a little bit differently. He calls it something else in a glass, but I'm happy to be that that guest in a glass for you that you just got to yeah. break in in case of emergency. But yeah, there you go. Perfect. Well, before we go, we always do a lightning round of uh, what everyone's geeky about. And, in, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, business related it could be a TV show, something you're binge watching, a book, uh, hobby. What do you What are you most geeky about right at this moment? Yeah, I mean, God, I'm just I'm still 20 odd years later. I'm still obsessed with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I mm. um, I've been do, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu off and on since the year 2000. Injuries, this, that, the other, life, you know, whatever. But I am I am literally on the on the precipice of uh, of getting my black belt, and there there's just nice. no stopping me until I get that. And I'm literally like right there. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I have I, I used to train uh, martial arts. I haven't done that in quite a minute, uh, but I've been thinking about getting back into it. But uh, I, I I knocked out my teeth in a bicycle accident, and Ooh. so I keep. It's like, yeah, That's I just no don't excuse. want anyone to. Well, I don't want anyone to hit me in the money. You call man. yourself a man. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so cool, man. Uh, Justin, what do you, uh, what, what, what do you got on geek? You know, I've never really gotten into martial arts, uh, except I love watching like the USC and I love watching mixed martial arts, but I got, I mean, I did wrestle in high school and I was a very, uh, average wrestler. I was not even that great, but you know, it's all good. I won some matches here and there. And I, right. I you know every time I would win a medal, I'd wear it around school too. And <laughs> I, I um, saw you wearing one of those the other day, right? That was, that was that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I got it. Now I know what that is. Yes. But I guess uh, geekiness, um, I haven't really had a lot of time to consume a lot of content recently. Um, but I'm still stuck on the, the social dilemma is the is the thing I keep coming back to. But that's like the one that like I just recently watched on Netflix. It's kind of stuck with me. I keep uh, I want to I want to try to get some of those people from the uh, from the movie onto this podcast. That's our next goal is to bring some of them on here so we can get some additional details, the story behind the story. So that's what I'm geeky about right now is is getting those people on this show. Yeah, and uh, we we've definitely had some uh, unique guests, and we want to continue to uh, do that. And I, I just want to also mention to anybody who's uh, listening to the podcast or watching us on live stream, please just uh, follow the Marketing Geeks page. We do a a live episode every Wednesday night uh, around eight thirty ish, or Wednesday and, day, depending on where you're listening from. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, but you can leave a question uh, for our guests or uh, whatever, or leave a comment or tell us how much you hate us, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as uh, my geekiness, actually, you know what's funny is I, I uh, they recently changed Audible, which is owned by Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, they've given you kind of like a Netflix sort of thing, like an all you can eat. Like some of their books are 
uh, available for free. A good chunk. And yeah, it's a good chunk. Yeah, pretty good library. And so I I have spent a long time like building up my library. I have like 200 books now uh, that I've been listening to. And uh, in fact, right now I'm listening to Edward Bernays' Propaganda. And uh, I, I just, Bernays's- I got that one on my, it's on my app. That's on my list. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's fascinating. Man's Search for Meaning, I listen mm-hmm. to. Uh, T.C. Boyle, who's one of my favorite writers, has a few books on there. My dad actually has a few books on there. Uh, and uh, and also, I've been getting my son, who just turned six, into uh, listening to audiobooks. Whenever I picked him up, he would always want to play games like Angry Birds in the car. And lately, I've been like, nope, you get an audiobook. And so he just looks out the window and listens to his uh, audiobooks. And so... Well, let me tell you this, uh, hoarding is a real thing, even with digital media. And I have a problem. I have too many books and I can never, I'll never get to catch up now because I put too many on there. So I I, I spend more time probably looking for the next book I want to listen to than actually listening. So that's something I got to work on is actually just stop searching, start listening. Yeah. I'm a digital hoarder too. So please burn my hard drive when I die. That's all I got to say. So uh, Steve Olsher, everybody, uh, thank you uh, so much for being on the show. Yeah, any, and, any last uh, words to leave us with, Steve, uh, as we as we wrap up here? Yeah, where, where can we find you? Is that like you have any upcoming events? Um, look, easiest thing to do. I mean, we've been talking about podcast magazine. We'd love to give you guys a, a free lifetime subscription uh, as our way yeah. of saying thank you for, yeah. for sticking with us uh, all the way through an hour or however long we've been here. So for the uh, for you who is still here with us. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Podcastmagazine.com slash free. Uh, we'll give you access to a lifetime subscription to the magazine. We'd love to have you join us for the ride. You earned it. Oh you stayed on for That's over an hour. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Steve Olsher, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I think this podcasting thing is going to catch on. What do you say? Uh, maybe we should think about doing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm inspired to start a podcast after listening to Steve. So, I mean, that's what I took away from this is we need to start a podcast. It needs to have the same name as our course and uh, and websites. And and that's that's what we need to do. That's our path, man. I got a great title. What is it? The 10 best fart sounds on the Internet. It's very niche. It's very niche. I it, do it, like niche. And that is niche. You got it. it pretty, man. That's it. That's it, it. That's a winner. I think so. I think so. I think actually, uh, between listening to uh, 10 best fart sounds and marketing geeks, I don't know if you had a choice. The 10 little known best or something like that, or the 10 hidden best. 10 hidden hidden farts that you can't smell. I don't know. You know what? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we bring high class entertainment to your eardrums each and and every time we're on the air. And, and now to your eyeballs. So uh, go to the Marketing Geeks page on LinkedIn. We're going to update stuff on a regular basis, let you know what guests are coming up. Uh, you can be part of the program now. So uh, uh, you can ask questions while you watch and we will ask our guests or just, you know, tell us how much you hate us. Or how much you love us. But uh, even yeah. reviews on like Apple Podcasts, which we would really, really appreciate. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Uh, Justin, anything else you want to leave us with? Any any particular words of wisdom? Um, just that, uh, you know, over the last week, I, I spent 26 hours driving to Boise, Idaho and back. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm back. Quite uh, quite a drive. I uh, did it during COVID. And uh, so far, so good, though. I, didn't, I don't think I caught anything. 
No. Well, we'll see. You're, are, are you are you self quarantining? Or but you always self you can self quarantine. Naturally, I'm, I'm a natural self quarantiner. <laughs> well, stay safe, stay healthy, everybody. Uh, marketing geeks love you, and with that, we're the marketing geeks, and we are out. But most importantly, stay classy. Marketing geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Understood, and just will make the fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.